With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. TV. It's going to be sick. Matt O'Han here in on this Friday on the Sick Podcast. So we are uh, continuing to go with the summer schedule. Uh, so just to let you know, full transparency, it is actually Wednesday afternoon. Uh, so uh, listen, to get the best quality uh, content to you, we got to work around our guest schedules, but we also got to work around mine and Tony's schedules because Tony and I, uh, by the time you're listening to this on Friday night at 10 p.m., uh, I will be out of town. Tony will be out of town. So that is the reason why we are pre-taping the Friday edition this week. All right. Uh, the Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. They've been named by the Financial Times as one of the America's fastest growing companies in 2023 and have been recognized by the Globe and Mail as a top growing Canadian company for two years in a row. They work with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies providing end-to-end logistics services. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for more available opportunities also brought to you by playground they over they have over 600 machines poker tournaments and playground casino games daily promotions and unmatched customer service why go anywhere else located just over the mercier bridge only minutes away from downtown montreal we are also brought to you by La Bita TV, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bita TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bita TV, embrace 
your true nature. And of course, by Murphy Clinic. Murphy Clinic is an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal, as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems, such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal's Shop Angus, and a second one on the North Shore in Terrebonne. They are opening soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at murphyclinic. Okay, before I introduce our guest, just to let you know, because some people may have noticed, I am peering down, I guess uh, it's on my right to the left of your screen. I've been getting tons of comments on my podcast episodes of why am I always peering to the left? Well, the reason is uh, our producer today, Shane, he has placed uh, those reads in our chat, which is on the right side of my screen. So I look to the right and it comes across as on the left. And for the same reason, our guests are always on the right side of my screen and it comes off to the left for you guys. That is why I always stare to the left. Let's get things started. Let's introduce him from the Montreal Gazette. We welcome in a usual Friday staple, Stu Cowan. Stu, how are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing fine. I mean, I'm not doing as fine as uh, Sean Monaghan is because he just got himself a brand new uh, $2 million paycheck. Uh, So just right off the bat, initial thoughts. Well, it's one point nine eight five million. He has to play twenty six games at least to get to the two million mark. He has a right. fifteen thousand dollar bonus put in the contract, which I sort of chuckled when I saw it. Uh, uh, peanuts for an NHL player, but it just sort of says a lot about Sean Monahan. When we spoke with him uh, in the Zoom conference on Wednesday, he said there was a number he wanted to reach with his contract, which was obviously two million, and maybe for a little incentive, he played twenty five games only last year. So he plays twenty six this year. He gets the extra fifteen grand. He gets a two million. But I think it's a really yet another smart move by GM Kent Hughes that works for both sides. I mean, the the term is one year is reasonable. The money is very reasonable. Uh, and they're basically in the same situation they were last season with Monaghan when they took on his $6 million salary cap from Calgary, hoping he could stay healthy, uh, play very well, and then maybe trade him for another first-round pick since they already have one first-round pick in 2025 they got from Calgary in that deal. And now they're in a similar situation, just with a much less smaller hit on the salary cap. And I, I think it's a smart move. Sean Monaghan being around the room, uh, on a daily basis, he is so admired and so respected by all his teammates. They really love the guy, and he played really well when he was healthy. The team was 500 record when he got hurt, uh, fell apart after that, obviously not just because of him. They had a lot of injuries down the road, but they really, really missed him when he was gone. A lot of guys missed him. He was just on a team with so many young players. He's such a veteran respected player um, on and off the ice, and uh, I wrote a column the other day saying, you know, the, the – the game he played in Calgary with that broken foot, um, you know, he played three or four games on a broken foot, which ended up really costing him that he played through it. But he played a lot with Yuris Slavkovsky and Josh Anderson. Slavkovsky had a really good game, scored on the first shift. The Canes beat the Flames. And after the game, I was talking to Slavkovsky, and he was raving about how much he enjoyed playing with Monaghan because he has an ability to slow the game down for him. And for those Canadians fans who watched Slavkovsky last season, the game was moving too quick for him. It was pretty obvious the, the NHL game was quick. And Monaghan, just the way he can control play and slow things down, it really helps Slavkovsky. And you wonder how much better Slavkovsky might have been if Monaghan had stayed healthy and been around him all season. So there's many reasons why 
uh, it makes sense for me for them to make this deal. Uh, Monahan said he's been training on skating two or three times a week already. He said he hasn't felt this healthy in four or five years, but he does have a long history of, of injuries. You know, he tore his groin also while trying to play on that broken foot. He's had surgery on both hips. He's had wrist surgery. He's had two hernia surgeries. He's 28, but his body's a lot older. But um, if he stays healthy, it's going to be a real bargain. And if he gets hurt again, he gets hurt, and it's two million bucks. It's not the end of the world. Well, uh, that's uh, you mentioned something that's a great segue in that uh, you know you spoke about how he played that game with Yuri Slavkovsky. Well, when he spoke to the media, he also talked about the uh, the young core of the team. So, uh, Shane, why don't you load that one up for us? The young group was, uh, I think it's it was different for me. I mean, I was in Calgary for a long time with uh, a more veteran team, I guess. And uh, I mean, coming in and having the young guys and that energy and, and guys trying to get better every day and, and pushing each other. It was uh, real fun to be a part of. And I think, uh, I really think I can help the team uh, get better every day. So it's, uh, it's an exciting time to be a Montreal Canadian. You know, I, I love what he said because in another clip that we have, uh, but I'm not going to ask uh, you to play it, Shane. So, so don't, you don't hold your breath. Um, but he mentions how Martin St. Louis helped him so much this season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's pretty amazing, the trickle-down effect, because, uh, you know, most of the time, as the old saying goes, you are what you are in the NHL once you hit, uh, what is it, 23, 24, 25, as a a skater at least. Um, I, I love hearing that. I love hearing that, that it's coming from, the leadership is positive from the top down. They're learning things from top down, from the veterans to the young guys, but from the coaches to the veterans, because... I mean, hey, how often is it that you hear a 28-year-old vet saying, wow, uh, this uh, this coach is really uh, doing uh, wonders for developing my skills? Well, one of the great quotes from Monaghan was he said, uh, Marty really helped me love the game more and more as the season went on. Uh, you know, he played for Daryl you know, Sutter in Calgary, <laughs> different types of coaches. So the players to a man all say the same thing about Marty. Just they, he, he, he you know, as, as also as Monaghan said, Marty understands the, the today's game. It's not that long ago that he was retired, that he was playing. And Monaghan's one of the few guys, who, he was played against them. And he mm. just said that the way he runs his practices, the way he does everything, the way he lets players make mistakes, he said he lets guys play the game. He said you don't want to make mistakes and, you, and you shouldn't, mistakes shouldn't be, you know, there's nothing wrong with them type of thing. But mistakes are going to happen. And if you learn from them, that's the key. And that's the way Marty St. Louis has coached his team. He wants them to play a freewheeling style of hockey. He realizes there's going to be mistakes and you're going to, Correct the mistakes. And St. Louis often says, you know, I can relate to every player on the team because I've been in all their positions. You know, I wasn't drafted. I know what that's like. I was a fourth liner. I was placed on waivers. I was a third liner, second liner, first liner, scoring champion, Hall of Famer. Monaghan can relate to these young guys, these young former first-round picks like Suzuki uh, and Caulfield and Kirby Doc and the other guys because he was one. And he can relate to Slavkowski because he also played in the NHL as an 18-year-old after the Flames drafted him. So he understands what it's like to be a young guy in a Canadian market with a lot of pressure on you. And, and that, that's, a, that's a really key thing to have, I think, on this young Canadians team. And a guy who's just so respected by his players. And he can still play. When he's healthy, he can still play. We saw it last season. He's an effective player. He's only 28. I mentioned all the injuries he's had before. But he's just he can relate to these young guys, and they really like him. They admire him. And just as important, he loves playing in Montreal. He wants to play here. He spoke about how much he enjoyed the city, how much he likes the restaurants, how nice it is. And, and he's used to being in a Canadian market. So 
for, for so many years, there are guys who don't want to play in Montreal or free agents who don't want to play in Montreal. He was a free agent. Um, I don't know how many other offers he would have had, but he would have had other offers on July 1st, I'm sure. Uh, but he's happy in Montreal. He likes the situation. He likes the coach. He likes the GM. I asked him how much he had talked one-on-one with Kent Hughes about this contract. He said he talked with Kent Hughes a lot. He likes he likes the direction the Canadians are taking. Um, he's not a guy you probably won't be around in three years from now when the Canadians get to mm. you know, the, the peak of their rebuild or what should be the peak of their rebuild. But he's, he could play a really key role moving forward. And from being around him, he's just such a calm and cool guy and you know, he says he's always played through injuries. He's never complained. Uh, he said at one point, this is the healthiest he's felt in four or five years. And one of the reporters said, well, you said last year you were really healthy. And he said, well, anytime a reporter asks me, I'm going to say I'm good. You know, there's a lot of hockey players <laughs> like that. But, uh, and he said that probably the best thing that could have happened to him is this extended. He hasn't played a game since December 5th. So yeah. by the time he's back and season starts next year, it's going to be 10 months since he's played a game. And that's probably something his body really needed just to, not be playing games and settle down and hopefully for him and hopefully the Canadians, he can stay healthy because he's the kind of guy um, you want to see do well. He can, you know, just comes across as a really good guy. And as I said, his teammates love him. Good player, really smart, high hockey, hockey IQ. And as I said, I think the young guys can really learn a lot from him and they learned some last year, but not, not as much. Obviously he's only played 25 games. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, and you know, the crazy thing about this is I'm thinking to myself as uh, I'm on the Metro on my way home from work today, I'm thinking like, man, Sean uh, Sean Monaghan, he's, uh, I don't know how he's going to do because he's getting up there in age and his body's breaking down. You know, he's had about uh, 800 surgeries done on himself. And then, you know, you said it yourself. And after, before we jumped on this, uh, this podcast, I looked it up. Guy's only 28. It feels yeah. like he's been around the the block forever. I mean, as a 10 year yeah. vet, when he's 28 years old, it's pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah, a lot of guys playing the NHL at 18, and he's one of them. So he's, that's, he's, he's been around a long time, and hopefully, for him and Brendan Gallagher and the you know, other changes made to the Canadians training staff, hopefully moving forward, Sean Monahan doesn't try to play again on a broken foot, or if yeah. he feels a tweak in the groin, he he's honest with himself and honest with the training staff, or maybe miss a game or two because you know that decision to play on the broken foot last year really backfired on him and the Canadians. Uh, you know, I understand why he played the game in Calgary on the broken foot. He spent ten years there. He had that game marked on his calendar from the day he first signed with the Canadians. He really wanted to play there, but why they let him play two more games after that on the broken foot? which then compensating for broken foot led to the torn groin, which led to surgery. It was just a mess. So hopefully he's learned and other players in the Canadians have learned and whoever they bring in the new training staff learns that when these guys are hurt, you got to shut them down for a little while for the, the greater good moving forward. 
Well, especially with the season that the Canadians were going to have, right? I mean, that was really the most puzzling part. Like, I get it. If you're in March and you're four points out of a playoff spot and, you know, you're gunning for that for that playoff spot, sure, you know, take that risk. But, man, like, it was it just it was really puzzling, just like really unnecessary risk by the training staff. Uh, so you're right. I well, mean, I mean, it's also I mean, it's, it's the training staff gets a lot of the heat. But I think there's a lot of you know, the doctors and medical staff. Yeah. I've been in those guys are the guys right there. But I'm sure there's other doctors, medical staff that have a say also and the players lie to the training staff a lot of the times, too. I mean, Brennan Galley's admitted that and Sean Monahan basically admitted that. Right. But the players need to be more honest with themselves also. Uh, and especially as they get a little older, you know, when Monaghan had the broken foot, the Habs were playing really well. They were surprising people. They were above right around 500 at the time. So he wanted to stay in the lineup. I'm sure the Canes wanted him to stay in the lineup also. But, you know, when Shea Weber played on that broken foot a few years ago, that led to his downfall. Um, you know, Ken Hughes, I think it was Ken, it was Hughes or Gordon said at the postseason news conference that a lot of guys, including Marty St. Louis, had played with that kind of broken foot. But, Again, for guy with so many injuries and then compensating and then hurting the groin, it's just like, yeah, just moving forward. I hope that Sean Monaghan has learned to be more honest with himself and more honest with the trainers if or when he, he feels a tweak here or there. You know what? I And I think he will, considering, you know, his medical history, like we said, both hips, or, uh, he's had surgery on, he broke his foot, he had this, he had that, you know, torn groin. He's just about had any everything and anything done uh, surgery-wise on the lower body. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? With that kind of medical history, one more, you know, 20-game season where he's uh, he gets hurt and then he plays through for a couple of games and then he misses the rest, that could be it for his NHL career. So, uh, I mean, hopefully he takes a lesson from that. Well, and as he said, it's true. I mean, it's going to be 10 months between games by the time the season starts up again for him, a little less when training camp, so only nine months mm-hmm. before he plays a game. And that's going to be very rare, if ever, hockey players to make the NHL ever go that long without playing. Remember when uh, Cole Caulfield got hurt and he had a shoulder surgery and I said, what's the longest you've ever gone without playing hockey or skating? And he said, like probably three days. Yeah, so it's, uh, <laughs> so, these guys live at, live at the rink. Um, so I, again, his body will be well rested. Um, the injury he had last season, the broken foot's there's nothing you can do to prevent having a broken foot. You take a shot off the foot, it's bad luck, but the, the groin injury could have been prevented. So uh, let's throw up that clip of uh, Bob Hartley spoke Wednesday morning on BPM Sport uh, about Sean Monaghan, his, for, his former coach. Man, un, euh, tu sais, tantôt, je lui ai texté, puis il m'a dit, Bob, et je vais te rappeler plus tard, et je m'en vais sur la glace. Fait que ça, c'est, ah. une, ex, c'est, c'est une excellente nouvelle. Donc, il, c'est certain que Sean Monaghan se doit d'être en santé, puis surtout, s'il est capable d'aller chercher cette santé-là, capable de patiner, donne-lui deux bons alliés, il distribue la rondelle aussi bien du côté gauche que du côté droit, il est responsable en défensive, c'est un excellent joueur d'équipe, donc euh, pour moi, un, j'avais applaudi l'acquisition de Sean Monahan euh, avec le CH, et pour aujourd'hui, ben, je suis encore plus content, puis surtout, s'il est en santé, ben, puis si le Canadien l'a signé à une certaine position, je pense que, tu sais, Kent Hughes a vérifié avec le personnel médical et puis, tu sais, on lui a dit, tu sais, Sean Monahan devrait être fonctionnel pour la saison. So, couple things in there. Uh, the one thing that I love the most is, again, you've mentioned it, he's only 28 years old. He was really, really good before he uh, he had to unfortunately miss the rest of the season. And uh, Bob Hartley said it, you know, himself, like, give him two good wingers 
and he could still play the game. I mean, I feel like a lot, a lot of people are forgetting that he's a 28 year old guy, you know, by next year's, uh, next year's trade deadline, he's, he'll be 29 because he's born in October. So, um, you know, this is a, this is a guy that it's really, uh, an interesting position for the Canadians because, uh, listen, I don't think anyone's expecting them to be making a push for the playoffs, but I think a lot of people are expecting them to be better than they were last year. Um, and you, you know, you said it, you get a, you could get a piece for him at the deadline, but Hey, who knows? Maybe best case scenario, they're in the hunt for a playoff spot and they keep him on the roster and uh, even double up, uh, double up the good news. He's also uh, back on the line with Uri Slavkovsky, who, uh, like you said, had, uh, was, was singing his praises all season. Whenever well, the other thing Hartley said, there's a great team player and that's, and they're building a real team here. There's a, there's a bond on this team. There's a brotherhood, uh, this locker room you see it when you're around the team they, they like each other they get along well they're young guys and as i mentioned they, they all really look up to monahan and you know i go back to that line with slavkovsky and josh anderson and monahan that's not a bad line and the other thing that now they all monahan gives them that depth down center they have five centermen right now it also gives marty st louis the option if he wants to put kirby dock back on that line with suzuki and caulfield which worked really well when they tried him last season i don't know if they seem to see doc's future as a centerman but just to have that flexibility to move them and, and maybe put them on that line if, if they think that's going to work. Uh, and the same with Monaghan. Monaghan can play center. He can play wing. Uh, but I think if I'm if I'm Marty St. Louis or I'm Ken Hughes, I'd like to see Sean Monaghan playing with Uri Slavkowski and whoever the other winger is, whether it's Josh Anderson. I think mm-hmm. that at least to start the season, uh, probably the third line, I would say. Uh, I think it would take a lot of pressure off Slavkowski and uh, not only playing on the ice, with Monaghan, but sitting on the bench with him afterwards and talking to him at practice and just be almost like having another coach there uh, with him. And as I said, you know, last year it was obvious the, the NHL game was just moving too quick for Slavkowski and he couldn't keep up and he could either physically or thinking the game. And Sean Monaghan thinks the game so well and he'll be able to, as Slavkowski said after that game in Calgary, he was able to slow the game down for your eye. And I think that's a really key thing for him moving forward. Uh, you know, he comes back to me a long time since he played also after having that knee injury. He'll be chopping up a bit. Um, so that's one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing at training camp is if, they, if Marty St. Louis puts uh, Slavkovsky uh, back with Monaghan. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Uh, you know what? Uh, that's another name I'm interested in, to see coming back as well. Uh, you know, because uh, we we were all kind of clamoring for it. I don't think it happened uh, maybe once or twice where he was a healthy scratch just to get a, you know, 
watch the game from a different perspective, which, you know, I actually do buy that, that it does help uh, to get a different perspective. You know, when you're in it, you're kind of stuck in those same patterns and you, you don't have really anything to break that. So, Hey, why don't you take this one from the press box? Listen, uh, that, that much time up in the press box can do a player some good. And uh, let us not forget, uh, you know, there's countless, countless uh, examples of, 18-year-olds heading into the NHL their first year and then becoming superstars. Uh, most notably, you know, there's the Joe Thornton because of the mm-hmm. size aspect. That's the comparison. The comparison, because I'm a little bit younger than when he came into the NHL, is Steven Stamkos, you know, 20 goals, 20 assists in his first season. Everyone's calling him a bust, and then bang, you got a 60-goal scorer. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I'm really, I'm just really, really excited to see uh, Uri Slavkovsky amongst uh, many other players on the team, but really, like you said, they're building a they're building something here, and uh, the fact that they want to have Sean Monahan a part of it, uh, even if it's just on a one year contract, it, it speaks volumes to the type of uh, to the type of season they had on and off the ice last year. Well, Slavkovsky watched a lot of games in the press box last year. He had a lot of company. I mean, at one point, they had like 11 guys. It was funny when we walked by the media part. We walked by towards uh, the intermission to go get a coffee or a hot dog or whatever. You see all these guys sitting there, like, piled <laughs> up together, all, like half the team sitting there. But so Slavkovsky had to watch a lot of games in the press box. And when Jordan Harris first got called up, uh, first joined the Canadians, he played four or five games. And then he was made a healthy scratch a couple of times. And Harris told me afterwards, he said, Marty wanted him to watch the game closely from up there and look mm-hmm. for things. And Jordan said, what he realized is that there's times when you have more t- time than you think on the ice when you have the puck. And he said he noticed that when he was watching the game from up top, there's certain situations where you don't need to rush as much as you think you do. And I think that's a key thing for Salkowski to learn. It's just, you know, in his own end, you know, he had, he had trouble with pucks coming around the wall in his own end and chipping them out and whatnot. It's just guys defense more on top. Everything happens so much quicker in the NHL. And also he was used to playing on the bigger rink where it's tougher for the defenseman to come in and pinch on the guy in the defensive zone. So maybe he's, um, you know, from watching up top and, you know, they've talked with the skills coach that helps them and all the, the and Marty St. Louis and everybody else. Um, Slavkowski may have learned now that there's certain period of times where he has more time. He doesn't have to rush so much. Uh, learning, you know, he has to keep his head up. You know, he almost got killed a few times there last year by skating with his head down and not being aware of his environment as much. It's a big learning process for him. I mean, I thought with Slavkowski, I totally understand why he started the season in the NHL. I really thought the Canadians should have sent them to the World Junior Championship, mm. uh, like what Seattle did. Um, you know, their top pick, but um, didn't happen. And then he got hurt. Um, I think it would have been good for him to play somewhere where the game is a little bit slower to get his confidence back, play more minutes, get more touches on the puck. And I'll be interesting to see what happens this season. Um, if it's a similar situation where the game just still looks like it's too quick for him, if the Canadiens management will be willing to send them down to Laval for a few games this season to try and, and, and you know, improve there. It worked with Justin Barron last year. They sent him down after training camp. He played in Laval. Uh, you know, during training camp last year, Barron looked like the game was too quick for him. He looked timid out there in a way that Salkowski has looked timid at times also. But when he came back from Laval, he was a different player, and he played really well uh, for the Canadiens down the stretch. So, um, uh, that's a lot of things going to be interesting to look at at training camp. And that's, uh, that's yet another one. Yeah. And a a couple more interesting things before then, I mean, right. uh, So the Canadians are quickly knocking off things off the to-do list. Uh, Mm -hmm. First, it was uh, getting Cole Caulfield under contract. I guess this was a priority because it was the next move after was uh, getting, was getting Sean Monaghan under contract. Um, Obviously, 
probably the biggest next thing is the first overall uh, first uh, first round pick, the fifth overall pick, mm-hmm. and then the 31st overall pick, and so on and so forth. But other than things draft-related, uh, I mean, unless you're feeling that Kent Hughes can pull, maybe, is maybe cooking something up to pull something off, what's the next biggest item on the docket for Kent Hughes' uh, off-season checklist? Well, Sam Montembeau going into the final year of his contract, do they want to wait and see how he plays and then negotiate with him later? Or, you know, Ken Hughes said, uh, he was asked recently, you know, wasn't a top priority for him right now, uh, but he would be willing, you know, to look into it and what happens with that. So I think that's a key thing. Um, if there's anybody they're going to buy out moving forward, uh, I'd be surprised if they do. Um you know, carrying over that cap hit for extra time. Uh, you know, a guy like Hoffman, he's got one year left. I think they're just going to yeah. you know, hope, hope Hoffman can score 20 goals or something or, or bring some value at the trade deadline that they might get something for him, you know, a third-round pick or, or something like that. I don't think it's worth buying him. Because, I mean, there's not, as you said, you know, if they make the – it'd be a, it's very surprising if they make the playoffs this year. Um, I think they'll be more competitive just because if they stay healthy yeah. and Sean Monahan said that, like, you know, last season, what would have happened if they had been healthy the whole season, if they hadn't had all those injuries? Well, they obviously would have been better. How much better is the question. Uh, hopefully they can stay healthy this season and we'll, and we'll find out. But as far as, and you know, I know there's been reports that uh, Hughes is trying to move up at the draft, which is, I certainly hope he is. I mean, he's not doing his job if he's not, right? He's not. <laughs> Colin around and see if there's a way he can move up or what he might be able to get for the trade or, um, you know, the big thing is Mitchcraft. Are they going to take the Russian kid if he's available? Yep. Uh, number five, or is he going to get scared off for you know, the reasons people out there know already? Um, so yeah, it's going to be, you know, the, the drafts next week coming up quick. And then we got free agency right after that on July 1st. I don't expect them to be very active on the free agent market. Um, they've got a lot of players under contract as it is right now. Uh, Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kent Hughes pulls off something at the draft. I mean, what he did last year with Kirby Doc, he's a very active GM. He knows all of the agents around the league. He knows the GMs around the league from his previous job as an agent. Uh, and I'm sure he's trying to, as he said, that every day he's trying to make the Canadians a little bit better uh, moving forward. He's, and the other thing I like about the way he's approaching, he's not, he's very smart, Kent Hughes, when you talk to him. Mm. He's very, uh, he's, 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 he's got a plan. And I think I've said this to you before on this. He's got a plan. He's going to stick to it. And for it, you know, if it works great and if it doesn't work, at least he had a plan and he's going to stick with it. And uh, we've seen all the little moves he's made along the way. He hasn't, you know, smart, smart moves here, you know, smart moves signing Monaghan, uh, smart, you know, Pizzetta, a guy, you want to pick him up. You don't want Jack guy having a fight all the time next season or whether you want another sort of rugged guy there, another good team player, a guy who fits in well, a guy who won't complain if he's a healthy scratch. So just little bit by bit by bit, uh, he's building the team he wants to have. And now he's got Suzuki and Caulfield, the two key guys moving forward, locked up long-term for contracts. Uh, at reasonable rates, um, mm-hmm. 
Uh, and as I said, it's, uh, Ken Hughes has really impressed me with the way he's done things uh, ever since he took over. Um, it's like adults are running the room now. And he doesn't he doesn't let his emotions get in the way of any of the decisions he makes. He's very honest with the players. He's very straightforward with the players. And I think they really, really appreciate that, like anybody does from their boss. You just want your boss to be honest with you and upfront with you. And he did that with Jeff Petrie when Petrie wanted to be traded. He basically said, you know, we're going to try and trade him. He doesn't want to be here, but we're not going to give him up for nothing. And if I don't get a trade that we like, he has a contract he's going to have to honor it. And then he made the trade for Mike Matheson. And what a great trade that's looking at like right now. Just by not, not rushing, not panicking, not making things personal. Uh, as I've said, you know, Mark Bergevin, his biggest downfall, I thought, was he made everything personal, whether it was the players, the media, everything got personal with him. He couldn't separate the business from the personal, and Kent Hughes is very, very good at doing that. You know what? I'm, this is a, a podcast topic for a different day, uh, maybe even a different year, probably a different year. Is you know, it's very, It's really easy to be like, these are smart moves because they are smart moves. They're low yeah. risk. They're, they're low risk uh, moves that he can make. And if they, if things blow up in his face, like uh, the Canadians, you know, end up fifth to last uh, by the time the next trade deadline rolls around. Well, Hey, you're going to get something for Sean Monahan. You're going to get something for this mm-hmm. UFA, that UFA yeah. and whatnot. Um, what I'm interested to see is like really when the chips are down, show me the smart moves when the canadians are in the push like I, that's when i that's like when yeah. it gets fun but we're i feel like we're a couple of years away from that at least well mo- most trade i mean gms uh, when trades are made both gms think they're doing a good trade i mean we'll look at what happened with calgary right. last year uh with the hubero trade and at the time of the trade with kachuk i was like man calgary got a ton like i can't believe how much calgary yeah. got for kachuk and now everybody's saying oh that was a horrible trade and you know the, the Huberto didn't play well in Calgary. We'll give it some time. We'll see how Huberto does next season with a new coach in Calgary. But, you know, every trade, you know, five years from now, you can judge them properly. Or three years from now, you can judge yeah. them properly. But uh, just smart, smart, like everything Kent Hughes does makes sense. It just makes sense. Like it makes sense to bring Sean Monaghan back at one year at $2 million. It wouldn't make sense to bring him back at two years at, you know, $3 yeah, million exactly. or bring him back at one year or $5 million. But it, it's, it makes sense. What he does just – the moves he makes make sense. You can debate whether you think uh, you know you have a guy too much or too little, but if you look at it from his perspective and how he's trying to build the team, they, they make sense. And you know what? Another thing, uh, just because you mentioned that the price that everyone's at on the young core is uh, I'm just excited to see this cap number go up. How many years have we been hearing, uh, oh, this is the year it's going to shoot up and it's going to, the players are done paying escrow and all that. And uh, we just never see it. So that's when really we're going to see the real value of the young cores contracts in the Suzuki and the Caulfield. Like imagine paying uh, $7.8 million for 45 goals. I don't think too many people would be complaining about that. No, uh, I and Ken Hughes got Ken Hughes is fortunate too that you know he doesn't have Carey Price and Shea Weber's contracts hanging over him anymore because if they were right. still there have guys in their mid thirties making a lot of money and banged up and not performing, that's you know, you're not you're not giving Cole Caulfield eight million dollars a year. You're not your your hands are really tied. So the fact that those two contracts were off the books really uh, helped helped uh, Ken Hughes moving forward. And uh, we'll see where, you know what? I'm really excited. I, I, I keep reading. I'm in that zone where I was with the Bengals back in uh, April where, you know, I'm reading every, any which mock draft available to me. 
I'm reading it. I'm reading all the, the player descriptions. Uh, there's a really great one on the athletic, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Wheeler, I think his name is, uh, his top 100, uh, top 100 prospects. It's fantastic read. I mean, I just read a couple of, couple of the players profiles. It's really, really great. Uh, so I'm really excited for the draft. Not so excited that it's on a Wednesday and Thursday night. Hey, but uh, that's the <laughs> NHL for you. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that was a strange one, uh, but I mean, it's TV, I guess rules. And I guess it's a TV, uh, you know, Gary Bettman sold everything to the U S TV markets, uh, TV network. So I guess that's when the, they got something better to show, I guess on the weekend. You know what? I just can't wait for when ESPN finally bullies the NHL into starting games on time. But hey, that's a topic <laughs> for another day. Uh, Stu, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's very much appreciated as always, and uh, hopefully talk to you soon. All right. Enjoy your weekend. All right. That was Stu Cowan. I'm Matt O'Han. Uh, again, we are uh, pre-recorded this on a Wednesday. So by the time you're listening to this, I will be uh, neck deep in a Subtronic set uh, at Escapade Music Festival in Ottawa. So uh, if by some chance after Friday night you're an Escapade uh, Festivaler and you, uh, you, you listen to this after your Friday night there, come say hi. Find me on a Saturday and Sunday. Uh, anyways, thank you very much for listening. Uh, that's it for me. Tony's back on Monday. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google play and Apple podcasts. The sick podcast is brought to you by energy transportation group driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature and Playground, your premier gaming destination.